Hi, in this lesson, we're learning about Zapier automation for online teachers so that you, as your small business, can go faster, save time, save money, and provide better service for your students and clients. Hi, I'm Angel from Artsy Course Experts, and we help creative online course teachers with their tech. In this lesson, we're learning all about Zapier automation. So we're going to learn what is it, why use it, how to use it, and then we're going to go into an example and summarize our top tips. First of all, what is Zapier? So it's a service that watches apps for data changes and then does stuff for you. So Zapier is a website. You go there, you enter information. Hey, I need you to watch this other website that I use. Say, I need you to watch my Google Sheets. Whenever any new row is added, I need you to do something. So it watches for that change. And then the something, you tell it what you want it to do. Like, go ahead and send an email. So that's what Zapier is all about. Why would you use Zapier? Well, businesses can automate their work to go faster and save on labor and do more with smaller teams. So you and your small team can do lots of things quickly, fast, accurately, and at all times of the day by using Zapier to automate different types of tasks for your business. If you don't use Zapier, you're going to need extra people to do all this other work that Zapier can do for you. You might need multiple people in different time zones and on different shifts just to provide the service that you want. If you don't use Zapier, you might make lots of manual mistakes, maybe one out of 10, and you might forget to copy paste something, or you might try to go faster and make mistakes. Also, if you don't use Zapier, there is a lot of work to do to deliver a high quality service. Also, if you, if you don't use Zapier, you might start to skip steps. There's just so much work to do. So you might decide, I'm going to skip that welcome email. They already got a receipt. Or they don't need uh, uh, frequently asked questions. Little by little, you're going to slow down, and students are going to get frustrated about the quality of service that they're receiving from your business. Let's go into the how-to guide. So first of all, Zapier connects with thousands of well-known applications. These are all the standard apps that we all know and use. Google, Zoom, Kajabi, MailChimp, Stripe, Asana, Calendly, Facebook, Twitter, and on and on. And even if they don't connect with some apps, you can use RSS feeds to receive inputs about changes from other apps, such as, hey, you just published a new YouTube video. And then based on that, you could potentially do something like send an email to the marketing team. Hey, the YouTube video is live. Now, Zapier works by using these things called zaps. So every zap 
is composed of a trigger and one or more actions. So let's get into that. A trigger is the event that starts Zapier work. It's like the input. So it starts the whole sequence. And actions are the tasks that Zapier does after a trigger event happens. So a zap has two parts. First, it's listening for something to happen out there. And then when that thing happens that you specify, and there's all sorts of well-known triggers. So as an example with Google Docs, a trigger could be somebody added a new row. That could be a trigger. And an action could be send an email. And then for each of these, there's going to be a bunch of properties, right? Which spreadsheet did you want to monitor? Or send an email to who, right? So there's a bunch of attributes. But at the high level, you're creating zaps in Zapier. And then each zap has a trigger. Hey, you're listening and you're waiting for this thing to happen. Not you, the system. So the trigger is that the system is listening for a particular event to happen. And then when that thing happens, there's an associated action that happens. And once you configure your zap and you publish it, it's live and it's just going to keep working for you. You can also filter zaps. So filtering lets you restrict the trigger to only when certain conditions are met. So as an example, let's just say you're monitoring uh, when new rows are added to a spreadsheet. You could look, maybe you have a field that says they bought your coaching or they subscribe to your course. And so filtering could say, hey, only for the people that bought my course, I want to do this special action. So filtering lets you do that. You, you, you receive the event. Hey, there's something just happened. You analyze that event, and based on that, you then proceed to do an action or not. You can also have multiple steps in a zap. So imagine that you have a trigger, and then you begin a series of actions. Because this one thing happened, I'm going to now do actions one, two, and three. In addition to that, you can add paths that let you add logic. So you can do some things like, if a certain condition, then do this action. Maybe if they bought your community, you're going to do one thing. But if they bought your online course, you're going to do something else. Once you configure your zap by adding a trigger and one or more actions, you can then test your data. Testing is pretty cool because it pulls real sample data. So as an example, if you have uh, customers that have bought from you, it will look at prior transactions, and then you could try to do something with them. As an example, based on the name of your customer, you can go ahead and do something. Let's just say based on the name of your customer, uh, you're going to create a folder with their name. So testing will let you pull in some sample recent customers, it loads up their fields, you choose one, and then you could test out the action. And maybe your action is to create a Google folder with the name of your customer. So that's the action that you've configured. 
and so you've chosen a customer and then you click test and it's going to use a recent customer profile and it has a bunch of data fields you extract in your action you said hey, i want to create a folder uh, in, in this uh, parent directory and then i want the child folder to be the name of my new customer you can use the test button to then try out that action and then you can go to your uh, browser and see if the folder was created and if that's all working then you can publish your zap and that adds your zap to your collection of zaps and so you can have one or more zaps that do a range of things for you you can give them all sorts of different names that are useful and helpful for all the different parts of your business from administration to finance legal onboarding community course etc now let's check out an example so in this example we're going to see how teachers and students can benefit from all the zaps now the students aren't going to even know that you're using zapier behind the scenes they're just going to get all the benefits so first of all as a teacher you would go and log into zapier and create a zap the first thing you need to do is specify a trigger so this is what is the thing that's going to start and ultimately create this action what we're going to do is we're going to connect with stripe and we're going to say hey when a new customer buys that's the trigger so i want to connect to stripe and stripe has lots of events maybe uh, payment failed or maybe a new customer was added or maybe a new subscription was started so you're going to choose the exact event that you want that is when a new customer has paid for something so that's the trigger and then you're going to look for that particular event there's a set of data fields that are captured so you're going to go ahead and look and choose the fields that you need in this case we're going to choose the name of the customer and the email of the customer so those are the two fields that we want to pull in next we're going to choose an action so whenever a new customer signs up we're going to extract their information and then we're going to do an action and in this action we're going to choose an email provider let's let's choose mailchimp we're going to add a new email subscriber to your audience in order to add a new email subscriber to your audience we need to provide some data so then we use the name of the customer and the email of the customer that we received from stripe so you just tag it and you fill in those two fields then as a teacher you click test so this means that you're going to look at some recent customers that have purchased from you and then you're going to see that some of their fields got filled in and so when you press test you're going to then be able to go to mailchimp and see that you have a new audience member from one of the recent customers once you've tested it and everything actually works the fields go right you don't want the name going in the email field or the email going in the name field once you verify that you have the right steps then you're good to go and at that point you publish your zap and it's live and it's in your collection of live zaps and they're just working for you on and on and on even while you're sleeping 
even while you're doing different things, those apps are working for you as a teacher. Now let's look at automation from your student point of view. First of all, a customer goes and buys one of your digital products. So that's the event that triggers it, right? So they go, they're on a website, they're on Thinkific, Teachable, Kajabi, whatever. They're on a system and they buy something from you. The system automatically connects. You have it connected to Stripe. So then this customer gets a receipt and maybe it has a link to sign on. But at that point, behind the scenes, Stripe has already processed the transaction. So because of that, you have configured in your trigger for Stripe to listen to your account and notify you if there's any events that happen. So Stripe goes ahead and notifies Zapier. Hey, Zapier, I heard you're interested in knowing about all transactions for this particular teacher. And because of that, because you have a Zap configured, Zap then extracts the name and the email fields, because that's what you're listening for. That's what you've configured in your trigger to, to listen for this event and extract this data. And since everything looks good, Zapier then begins to do the action because this is the event you were listening for. And now you have the data and Zapier begins to perform the action. So it says, hey, MailChimp, I need to add this new subscriber to my audience. And by the way, here's their information. Here's their name and here's their email. MailChimp then begins the sequence. Hey, when a new subscriber gets added to MailChimp, go ahead and start sending these emails. Do this whole journey, this automation. On day one, you're going to send this. On day three, you're going to send another email. Two weeks after, you're going to do this other event. So MailChimp begins your sequence that you've configured. And ultimately, your customer starts getting onboarding emails. So they've just bought this digital product, and now you've connected that digital product to your email system. And it's sending them an onboarding sequence so they get all the information they need, and you could do other actions as well, obviously. If you want to level up, at least create a free Zapier account and connect up one or more of your systems that you use on a daily basis, like Google Docs. Zapier can really automate and add more value to your services. It can multiply your team. So give it a try. So now you're a lot smarter in Zapier. To summarize, Zapier is an automation platform for systems and apps. You tell it what to listen for, and then it does stuff for you. So a lot of the things that your team does manually, Zapier can help you to do automatically. To learn more, check out the info and links in the notes. If you're loving this stuff, subscribe to keep leveling up your creative business. And if you need any tech help with your courses, community, or teacher website, visit www.rtcourseexperts.com. Thanks for hanging out. Let's stay in touch.